Okay. Kedeshim. Parsha Kedeshim. We're a little bit more than halfway through the Torah and the readings. So we're getting there. And I'll talk about holiness a little bit this morning. Obviously, that is a big theme of this week's parsha. Holiness and living in the world, perhaps, right? We all live in this crazy world, and there is nothing we can really do about it. I mean, we may not need to embrace it with all our might, but we certainly... It'd be nice to have a pleasant time in this world, right? While having a, uh, a right mindset at the same time. So, there's a lot popping into my head as I was going through the parasha this week. So let's begin um, with this week's Torah portion. It's found on page 131. It is Vayikra chapter 19, or if you have a different version of scripture, it is Leviticus chapter 19. It is the 30th Parsha in the Torah. Time is it? 11.55. Okay. I'm going to read, John read the second Aliyot for us, but I'd like to begin in verse 1. I'm going to read the first Aliyot. Adonai said to Moshe, Speak to the entire community of Israel. Tell them, you people are to be holy because I, Adonai, your God, am holy. Every one of you is to revere his father and mother, and you are to keep my Shabbats, for I am Adonai, your God. Do not turn to idols, and do not cast metal gods for yourselves. I am Adonai, your God. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to Adonai, offer it in a way that will make you accepted. <clears throat> It is to be eaten the same day after you offer it in the following day, but if any of it remains until the third day, it is to be burned up completely. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it will have become a disgusting thing and will not be accepted. Moreover, everyone who eats it will bear the consequences of profaning something holy meant for Adonai, and that person will be cut off from his people. When you harvest the ripe crops prepared in your land, don't harvest all the way to the corners of your field and don't gather uh, the ears of the grain uh, left by the harvesters. Likewise, don't gather the grapes left on the vine or fallen on the ground after harvest. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am Adonai, your God. Do not steal from the blinds or do not steal, defend, or lie to each other. Do not swear by my name falsely, which will be, would be profaning the name of your God, I am Adonai. Do not, rob or, do not oppress or rob your neighbor. Specifically, you are not to keep back the wages of a hired worker all night until morning. Do not speak a curse against a deaf person or place an obstacle in the way of a blind person. Rather, fear your God, I am Adonai. Um, I'm going to continue for just a few more verses here. Do not be unjust in judging. Show neither partiality to the poor nor deference to the mighty, but with justice judge your neighbor. Do not go around speaking slander among your people, but also don't stand idly by when your neighbor's life is at stake. I am Adonai. Do not hate your brother in your heart. 
but rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you won't carry sin because of him. Don't take vengeance on or bear a grudge against any of your people. Rather, love your neighbor as yourself. I am Adonai. We'll stop there. And there's a whole lot packed in here, obviously. But one of the most famous commandments is located right here. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's that last verse I just read for you. And David earlier was talking about the sages. One of the sages, his name was Hillel, and he had a famous saying that the entire Torah rests on this verse, love your fellow as yourself, and the rest is just commentary. The sages were something very important because that's, they created a fabric of religious thought that really all was woven through the culture at the time. And the sage, Hillel, who came up with that was a great sage um, in the years prior to uh, when our master Yeshua was living. But he was a great sage who had a great effect on a lot of different people. Now, Hillel had a grandson, and his grandson's name was Gamliel. Gamliel also taught uh, Torah and Jewish law, and Gamliel taught the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul, right? That's who... Uh, Hillel's grandson was, was one of the teachers of Rav Shaul. Gamaliel was also, um, you can find in, if you read through Acts chapter 5, Gamaliel was on the Sanhedrin, and he was very, um, he tried to encourage his fellow Pharisees to take it easy on the followers of Yeshua. I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he told his fellow Pharisees, listen, take it easy on this, these guys. If what they're doing is, you know, from man, then it's going to fall apart. But if what they're doing is from God, then you might find yourself opposing God. So Gamaliel is an interesting character. We never know what really uh, happened to him. But certainly he was uh, in some good company and very sympathetic towards the followers of Yeshua. He was part of that, part of those sages back then. Our master Yeshua echoed that common sentiment in Mark 28. Uh, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, he gets asked, what are the greatest commandments, of course? And he answers, um, you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other mitzvah greater than these. Kind of sounds a lot like what Hillel said much earlier. Again, part of that fabric of uh, religious thought. Anyways, back to holiness. I look to flip back to verse 1 of chapter 19. The opening verse says, you people are to be holy. Now, holiness, of course, is often described as being set apart. If I asked you what does holiness mean, a lot of people, especially in the Messianic movement, would say that means being set apart. And this is certainly true. And we've talked about this in years past a lot. Um, the walk out, uh, living your life, walking out Torah, you're going to be uh, set apart from the ways of the world, right? Um, set apart from the sinful ways of the world. That's what being set apart means. That's, and that's not wrong. But I began thinking late at night this week because I like to take these ideas that we have, that we talk about, discuss, and try to look at them from a different angle. And so 
I began to think if holiness means set apart, if that's all it means and just simply means set apart, it almost seems to fall short a little bit. Think about this. Hypothetical situation. What if Adonai in the Bible didn't write anything at all about being holy or about holiness or anything about being holy? In the beginning, God created the world, you know, the heavens and the earth. All the rest of the stuff's still there. Chapter 19 missing verses 1 and 2, but the rest of it there is there. It starts in verse 3. You know what I mean? If you took out all the parts about being holy, you'd be left with a whole lot of other stuff still. There'd be all the commandments about the Moedim and what you can and can't eat, interpersonal relationships, um, leaving parts of your crops for the poor. All that other stuff would still be in there. And so there's plenty of commandments that would set one apart from the rest of the world anyways. So simply following these commandments and living your life oriented to Torah laws, that would make you stand out. It would make you uh, set apart in a sense. So Adonai could have given us just a simple list of do's and don'ts, and that's how you live a good life, and then just judge us based on that. He didn't have to say anything about being holy, did he? But he did give us a list of do's and don'ts, and he adds something. Uh, he says to be holy. Adonai said to Moshe, this is verse 1 again, speak to the entire community of Israel, tell them, you people are to be holy because I, Adonai, your God, am holy. I think there's something a little deeper here than simply being set apart. When he says, I, Adonai, your God, am holy. He's giving us a peek into his essence somehow. And it's hard, for understand, it's hard for us to understand what God is um, with our finite, tiny, human little brains. But Adonai gives us something. He says that he is holy, and then we are to be holy. So does that mean we're supposed to be like him? And if so, how is that even possible? He is a creator of the universe. I'm just a, at times, wicked, sinful person. So holiness, of course, does mean set apart, but holiness also refers to something heavenly, um, something above our material existence, something that's hard for us humans to perceive with our senses, because that's God, but it's not entirely beyond our grasp either. He tells us, be holy. Not only should we be set apart, but we should be like him I get as best as we can. But how do we do this? Shlomo Hamalek gives us some insight into this. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I want to explore what does it look like to, in a sense, try to be like Adonai. Try to be holy like he's holy. So I was led to Proverbs chapter 3. And it is on page, I didn't do page numbers for some reason. 943. Thank you, Lavoda. Proverbs chapter 3. Yes, 943, 
is where Proverbs chapter 3 starts. I guess I'll read the first few verses here because it's just full of good stuff. Um, Verse 1 says, My son, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands on your heart. Amen to that. For they will add to you many days, years of life and peace. Um, Do not let grace and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and esteem in the sight of God and of people. Amen to that. Here's where I wanted to get to, verses 5 and 6. Trust in Adonai with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, then he will level your paths. Here, the English word acknowledge, what we have there in verse 6 where it says acknowledge, that's translated from a Hebrew word whose shoresh is yada or to know. The shoresh for you Hebrew students is yod dalet ayin, and that's the Hebrew word, it's a verb for to know. Now, you know Hebrew, uh, you can uh, just let you can add letters to that root word or take letters away or change vowels to kind of give it different meanings, sort of like the word run. You can take the word run and you can swap the vowels out and you have ran, or you can add letters and you have running, but they all kind of mean something similar, right? Well, the same thing is, uh, is with this word yada. You can take away the yod and just have the dalit and the ayin, and you have the word da or you know. That's what's written up there above the ark, that first word there on the right, dalit, ayin. That means to know. Dalifne miyata omed, know whom before you stand. Know or be aware of before whom you stand. So da can mean to know or to be aware of, right? That's this uh, awareness or this knowing. So, looking at verse 6, verse 6 could be read a couple different ways. It could be read, in all your ways, know him, right? Know him, then he will level your paths. Or it could be read, in all your ways, be aware of him then he will level your paths. In all your ways, that's everything that we do from what we shop for to how we drive, the words we speak, right? Um, Even being obedient to God's word, we should be striving to know God and be aware of God and do everything for the sake, that sake, when we do these things. Another way to think about it, God should always be on our minds and we should be mindful of him at all times. And the result of that is, you know, we would radiate his character if we were able to do that all the time. If he's in our minds and our hearts, that holiness will come out of us because whatever's in your heart comes out of you, right? That's what Yeshua says in Matthew 15, 34. Yeshua says, for the mouth speaks what overflows from the heart. So... If he's in our minds and we're constantly in everything that we do, that we're aware of him and we're knowing him, and that's going to come out of us. It's going to have an effect on us. And so what comes out of our mouth should be words of mercy and loving kindness and patience, right? That's the ideal. And it's tough, especially in the every uh, day it almost seems tougher to 
exude nothing but patience and kindness and mercy because of the world we live in. It's always been dark, but increasingly it just seems more wicked, and that's tough. Not only is there wickedness, people seem to celebrate their wickedness and want to protest to keep their wickedness. And so it's tough not to want to um, sort of call that out. But vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. So we are to be, try to be aware of the Lord and be holy and let those things come out of our mouth. So one could say that holiness is being set apart and sharing that holiness because if you're aware of them constantly, the holiness should be coming out of you in some sort in the way you treat people and in the words that you speak. It's a high bar and... There's a lot of responsibility there, but that's because, I mean, listen, the world notices religious people, and religious people are supposed to be holy. I mean, even the world knows that much, right? But how often do religious people let us down, people who are supposed to be, you know, holy people and good ambassadors of our Messiah Yeshua? And so we expect secular people and worldly people to disappoint us and offend us and cheat us and wrong us. It's not surprising when that happens, but it's really surprising and disheartening when somebody who is a religious figure who's supposed to be holy, it's difficult to take when that happens. And that's especially damaging to the reputation of our Master Yeshua. We have to remember that non-believers judge our Creator based on our actions, right? People who are non-believers out there in the world, they judge Adonai and they judge the character of Yeshua based on how we act because we're supposed to be reflecting them. So it remains with us a responsibility to live set apart, of course, and live holy, of course, but we need to transmit that holiness, who God is, to the world around us. Right? We are to be set apart from the sinful ways of the world, of course, um, but not the world itself. We are to be in the world trying to infuse the world with holiness. A couple practical verses as I close this morning. I'm going to close down in Romans chapter 12 for a few practical verses on infusing the world with holiness. Romans chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans. Looks like page 14, 16. I'll begin in verse 1. I exhort you, therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves as a sacrifice living and set apart, right, holy for God. This will please him. It is the logical temple worship for you. In other words, do not let yourselves be conformed to the standards of the olam hazeh, that's this world, right? Keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know what God wants. And you're going to know him if you're constantly aware of God and you're searching for God. He will reveal that to you. You will know what God wants and will agree that what he wants is good, satisfying, and be able to succeed. And then 
Jumping down to verse, we're going to close from verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. That's not easy because in this world we're in right now, just try to stand up and profess faith. You'll be persecuted very quickly. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Very hard to do. That's what the, the little person inside you sometimes wants to curse them. Very difficult. Especially if you, anything to do with politics, you feel yourself wanting to curse these seemingly wicked people. That's why I stop watching a lot of news, because I'm weak, and I find myself wanting to heap curses upon these people. And I'm like, I just, eh, I'm not strong enough for this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be sensitive to each other's needs. Don't think yourselves are better than others. But make humble people your friends. Don't be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but try to do what everyone regards as good. If possible, to the extent that it depends upon you, live in peace with all people. Live in peace with all people. That's everybody. So if you are um, constantly aware of God, constantly trying to know God, the character of God will end up flowing out of you. And that would be a very positive thing. That's how you live in peace with everybody. As best you can, and that is the best that we can do. So may we search to know Adonai, to be aware of him, to be mindful of him continually, right? May Adonai <clears throat> reveal himself to us and give us wisdom and discernment in order to glorify him. And may the Spirit inspire us to um, just persevere, to have strength in this uh, often dark world, um, to be able to persevere to the end and to live, those, uh, fruit, live a fruitful and health, healthy life. And may the holiness that we are striving for and the love of Yeshua be a powerful light, a light that radiates out from us, um, out towards the community, out towards the world around us, and uh, just be something that draws people near. This is our hope until he returns, and may that be soon and in our days. Shabbat shalom.